Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, fans, here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women in the ring. My fans, to your latest episode of of uh, Two Minute Rounds, your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. This is episode number 35. My name is Felipe Leon, and like always, my co-host, Mr. David Avila. David, how you doing? Very good, Felipe. How are you? Good. Thank you. Just trying to deal with the heat. Hopefully, it's not as hot. It gets hotter over there where you're at than where I'm at, but it's pretty oh, hot yeah. out here. Um, you want to give us a call and talk about female boxing, you surely can at 323-580-5735, 323-580-5735. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have any of our female co-hosts, neither Amy Green or Elena Babydoll Reed could make it tonight, but we are going to have a female component here in the two-minute round when Miss Amanda Serrano, the multi-divisional world champion, will call in and give us an update not only on her next fight, which should be happening next month at the Barclays Center, but also on her future plans inside of boxing or outside of boxing and inside the world of MMA. So before she calls in in about 15 minutes, let's get started with a little bit of the boxing female review uh, and go back a couple weeks to the latest results and talk about some of these fights. There was a, a lot of fights that happened in the last couple of weeks, starting on Friday, October the 13th in San Juan, Costa Rica. Ana Gabriel defended her WBO 154-pound title with the unanimous decision over Oxan de Castillo. There was a rematch. I believe, though, Castillo had beaten her in the first time with the TKO, correct, David? Yes, it was a one-punch knockout. Yeah. But now Hannah Gabriel was able to see the end of the fight, and not only that, but win it with scores of 97-92 and 96-93 two times. Whereas the same night, but in San Juan, Argentina, the Argentina Leonela Paola Yudica uh, defended her IBF flyweight title against Japanese Yunoka Furukawa with dominating scores of 192 times and 99-91. So she remains the IBF flyweight champion. Like we talked about in our last show, if Jessica Chavez wants to make a move, it might be against uh, Yudica or if not, Montserrat Alarcón, who is the WBO flyweight champion, who has not made a, a defense just yet. They said it was going to happen this fall, and it hasn't happened. Now, the same night in Australia, Susie Ramadan came back and scored a second-round TKO over late sub Sumali Tongputorn in a scheduled six-rounder at 115 pounds, whereas in London... Uh, Natasha Jones scored a third-round TKO over another late sub, Mariana Guilas, uh, who was down in every round, the first, the second, and the third, in a scheduled six-rounder at 135 pounds. 
and the official time there was 1.23. Do you know who is the promoter, Natasha Jones, David? Is she promoted by uh, Eddie Hearn? I don't think so, you know right? What? Uh, I, I did read something that she is promoted by, by a major promoter, but I forget who it was. I don't want to hmm. say Eddie, Eddie yeah. Hearns or, or Matchmaker, but uh, I, I'm not really positive. I would just think that if she was by Eddie Hearn, she would be getting a, a lot more fanfare and be a little bit more known than, than she is right now, former Olympian, kind of like the same generation as, um, as uh, Katie Taylor and Michaela, Michaela Mayer. And, 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 I, and she's not really as known as those two uh, women. So we'll see what's in store for her in the, in the near future. Now, on Saturday, October 14th, from Guadalajara, Mexico, Stanford Promotions gave us on Azteca Channel. Did you watch this fight, David? The, the Irma Sanchez? No, I wasn't able to watch it. I watched it, I watched it uh, today, actually. I wanted to kind of have it fresh in my mind. And, you know, David, obviously you've seen a lot more boxing than I have. And I've seen plenty of it in my 12-plus years covering this sport for, for various websites. I've never seen such a blatant robbery in all my life in, in, in boxing, whether it be male or female boxing. Uh, Irma Sanchez scored a split decision win over Brenda Ramos in a 10-rounder for the vacant interim WBA flyweight title. The scores were 97-94 and 96-94 for Sanchez, where uh, Ramos took she was given one uh, one of the cards, 96-94. But I watched the fight, and it would be I would be hard pressed to give two rounds to Irma Sanchez. Um, you oh. know, the two rounds that you could have given to her were hotly contested, and if you're going to be generous, you would give her that round. But Brenda Ramos, I, I'm surprised she didn't knock her out. I mean, Brenda Ramos doesn't seem like she hit very hard because she landed everything. I mean, she. The, her right hand, even even if she was just stretching her right hand, it was landing on Irma Sanchez's face. You know, there was no way that Brenda Ramos lost this fight whatsoever. I mean, TV, the TV commentators were who work for for Azteca and who are closely knit Stanford. Now, one thing that we do need to to uh, 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 say here is that this this fight card was promoted by. It was Sanford, it was a Sanford fight card, but basically they sold the date to a local promoter in Guadalajara. Uh, I forgot the name. I think it's RG Boxing, but RG Boxing is the brother of Hector Garcia, a very good promoter back in the day who had a lot of female fighters, including his wife, Irma Laguerita Sanchez. So, and <laughs> they are from Guadalajara, Mexico. So it's a complete, complete total home cooked decision if you guys haven't seen this fight it's on youtube just put irma sanchez versus brenda ramos and just watch the fight you could score you could do whatever you want you don't have to score it it's it's so obvious that brenda ramos scores the bigger better more punches throughout the whole fight and she was blatantly robbed and she's demanding for the rematch but you know the wba is the wba so we'll see what happens there on the same card is Go Brenda ahead. from uh, she's she's from up north, right? Brenda Ramos. She's from yeah, she's not she's from she's Mexican and um and but she's not from Guadalajara, so so it's she's not from like she's from Torreon, I think, or or somewhere in oh, okay. Monterrey. She's from Monterrey actually, Monterrey, Nuevo León. Oh yeah, she's a so, yeah, she's a northerner. <laughs> yeah, so she so she got she got robbed. 
So if you, have, if you guys have a chance to watch it, go ahead and watch it. I would like to hear a, a bigger robbery that anybody has seen in boxing uh, in the last five years, quite honestly. And on the same card, another hometown fighter, former interim WBA light flyweight champion, Jocelyn Arroyo, scored a, a six-round uh, unanimous decision over Carla Valenzuela. Scores there were 60-54 and 59-54 two times. Uh, in the same night, this fight wasn't televised, but Jessica Neri Plata scored unanimous decision over Argentinian Maria Magdalena Rivera to capture the vacant WBF flyweight title, 97-93, two oh. times, and 96-94. So now she is a fringe world champion. She's a good fighter. She's trained by Mr. Nacho Beristain. So maybe she's been ranked in all the major um, – all the major sanctioning bodies, but she has not had an opportunity to fight for a world title just yet. So she decided to go after the WBF, and now she's their champion. In Slovenia, Emma Cousin scored a unanimous decision over Florence Mathani in a 10-rounder to capture the vacant WBC international 160-pound title. Scores there were 99-91, 97-93, and 96-94, whereas from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn in New York, Debella Entertainment gave us Cindy Serrano scoring a split decision over Adina Kiss in an eight-rounder at, at featherweight, 79-73, 78-74 for Serrano, and 78-74 for Kiss. I know I saw I, – I didn't get to watch the fight. It was I don't think it was televised anywhere on Showtime Extreme or anything like that, but I did see some comments by her sister who's going to be joining us in hopefully about five to ten minutes, Amanda Serrano, where – they felt that the split decision was just not the case. Did you see any of that, David? Uh, no, I didn't get to catch the fight, uh, but I did uh, speak to them about that, and they felt uh, it was a little um, absurd that uh, they gave one judge gave it to Adina Kiss. And it gave it to her pretty widely, six rounds to two. So, uh, maybe it was a hopefully, mistake. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So uh, on Friday, October 20th, yeah. But usually they try to correct it afterwards. It's kind of strange that they haven't corrected it. True. Now, Friday, October 20th in Argentina, Brenda Karen Carvajal scored unanimous decision over Maria Soledad Capriolo in a 10-rounder at Super Featherweight. Scores there were a dominating 100 to 90, 99-91, and 98-92. Uh, whereas Daniela Bermudez, the, the conqueror of Mariana Barbie Juarez, scored a unanimous decision over Soledad del Valle Frias to score, to capture, David, the vacant WBO Bantamweight title. Um, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah the, the vacant WBO Bantamweight title, the scores there were 193 times. So I don't see Barbie Juarez. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked and surprised that if Barbie Juarez gets past Alicia Graff in her next fight in November, being that she's such a competitor and so confident in herself that she asks for the rematch against Bermudez and tries to unify the WBO title. What do you think? Hmm, it's, it's, it wouldn't be uh, beyond uh, fiction because uh, that is the way Mariana is. Yeah, and that's the only reason that – Yeah, that's, and she was – and in the first half of the fight, she was doing very, very well against Daniela Bermudez. Um but then she kind of lost it in the second half, being that it was her first fight in at the bantamweight division, and then uh, and Bermudez was able to win uh, the unanimous decision against Mariana Juarez. Uh, uh, was it this? It was last year, right? It wasn't this year. 
And that was last year. Yeah, and it, ironically, that was the uh, title that Amanda Serrano uh, vacated. Vacated, exactly. And now, uh, moving on to October 21st, Apopan, Jalisco, Promociones de Pueblo, Gavis, and Televisa, Ives Zamora, La Roca Zamora, long-time WBC Light Flyweight Champion, moving up now to the Flyweight Division and earning the right to challenge the current champion, Jessica Laquica Chavez, by scoring a dominating unanimous decision over Isabel La Estrella Millan, former WBF flyweight champion and former world title challenger against um, Funioka. The scores were 192 times in 99-91. Millan conceded the loss, but she says that Zamora doesn't really hit hard. She actually posted a picture on her social network where she, after the fight, where she was clean, and she said, you know what? I lost the fight, but look at my face. It's clean. I didn't, I didn't um, you know, suffer anything. She doesn't hit all that hard. Um, that's what my Jan said. And on the same night um, in Mexico, uh, I was actually in Cuernavaca, Morelos, Sanford, gave us on Azteca. Jasmine Rivas, the former Bantamweight, WBC Bantamweight champion, scoring a split decision over the previously undefeated Yareli Larios, daughter of former champion Oscar Chololo Larios, in a 10-rounder to capture the vacant WBC international super Bantamweight title. And that was a pretty good fight, uh, Rivas. Looked like she still had a little bit left in the tank. I think that Lario mm-hmm. was a little bit um, overmatched. I think it was a little bit too early. She was only 12-0. and 0, And she's fighting a very, very, very experienced fighter in Jasmine Rivas. Uh, a Rivas that has, I think, close to 50 fights. And her pro debut was at 13 years old. So, you know, if you're going to try to beat Rivas, you, it ain't going to be with experience. Right, David? Oh, yeah, absolutely. She knows what she's doing. But I got I to gotta hand it to Yareli for take, taking the fight. She had enough confidence to go up against her. And, uh, you know, she's got a split decision, so that meant she did something. Yeah, and she made it kind of like – she made it interesting there in, in, in the middle rounds and, and later on in the fight when Jesus, Rivas was starting to slow down, Larios kind of uh, was able to – I don't think it was a split decision. I think Rivas actually won the fight unanimously. But um, but they did give a split decision, so uh, it is what it is. Now Rivas did mention that she's looking to get back in position to to rematch, to ask for the rematch against uh, Amanda Serrano. So let's talk about let's talk to Amanda once she calls in about that and see if she's even interested in something like that. Now moving on to Norway, Cecilia Breakhouse scored a six round TKO with a big big right hand. Not expected because Breakhouse is not known as a heavy one-punch knockout artist, but she did floor Michaela Lauren in the sixth round of Schedule 10 and thusly defended all her titles, the WBC, the IBF, the WBA, the WBO welterweight titles. The time there was 139. David, Cecilia, we were kind of expecting it. I mean, we were expecting for her to win oh, yeah. the beat Michaela Lauren, but I wasn't expecting her to knock her out in, in such a fashion. Oh, I was. Oh, really? I was, I was absolutely to convince her she's just going to crush her because she already knows what she can do. She already knows that, you know, she's faster, stronger, everything. She didn't have to really worry that much about her. And uh, I, I, I figured she she would knock her out just like she did last time. Now, uh, on the 21st, um, Layla MacArthur was scheduled to fight in Vegas on a non-televised card. The whole card wasn't televised, but it was put on by Mayweather Promotions in Samstown in Las Vegas. But then a couple of days before, it was announced that she didn't have an opponent and she wasn't able to fight. So um, 
you know, so here we are again trying to find out when Layla's going to get an opportunity to show her wares to hopefully drum up a fight against Cecilia Breakhouse. Now, looking at Michaela Lawrence's uh, record, she's 29-5 and five with 13 knockouts, but she's only been stopped twice. And the other stoppage was by Cecilia Breakhouse. So she's lost to Cecilia Breakhouse twice, the first time by a seventh-round TKO, and this last time in a sixth-round TKO. And then her other losses have been to Loli Munoz uh, in Spain, which was the United decision, which obviously uh, somebody that was 10-10 and 10 when she fought Lauren. So that's she lost to Christina Hammer. But Hammer wasn't able to knock her out at, at, uh, at middleweight or close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Clara Svensson wasn't able to knock her out either. So I don't know. Maybe Cecilia Breakhouse, one way or another, has Michaela Lawrence's number. Uh, oh yeah. Well, uh, Cecilia Breakhouse uh, is a better puncher than those other girls. She is. Uh, mm. Sarah Svensson has no punch. She's a slapper. Uh, Christina Hammer tends to slap at times. She does. She can punch, but she's kind of a safety first fighter. Mm-hmm. And so that tends to not get you knockouts. Where Cecilia yeah. has learned how to not, she's learned how to put her body behind punches, and she's had uh, a couple of knockouts in uh, not in a row, but she did uh, stop uh, before she fought Claudia. She she stopped um, what's that girl from uh, France, uh, Mathis and Sophie Mathis. Sophia, Sophia Mathis, yeah. Uh, and now, let me see here. Now, moving on, Switzerland, Anija Seki scored a unanimous decision over Cleopatra Tolde in a 10-rounder for the WBC Silver Bantamweight title. Scored there over 193 times. So there you got You got some Bantamweights there. You got Daniela Bermudez. You got this Anija Seki. Could she be a, a future opponent for uh, Mariana Juarez? Well, Jasmine Rivas moved up to 122, where she's campaigning. And then lastly, from San Francisco, California, Raquel Miller scored a first-round knockout against Lisa Garland in the sixth, in a scheduled sixth round. The official time was two minutes. It ended right in the first round. She scored a big right hand that basically just crushed uh, Lisa Garland. Now, the rumor was that they were having trouble. Something was going on. We talked about this in our last show. We talked about how it was a step up for, for uh, Raquel Miller. Um, but then it looked like they were having some trouble with Lisa Garland getting there to the fight, medicals, one thing led to another. But Lisa Garland, right before the fight, posted on her social media that perhaps they were trying to get rid of her as the opponent because they were having because Raquel Miller allegedly was having trouble making weight. Now, they weighed in, and I believe Raquel Miller weighed in like at 157, and Lisa Garland weighed in at 155. So I don't know what the actual schedule weight was. Obviously, maybe it was 157 and, 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 and Lisa Garland came in way less, or it was 155 and Raquel Miller came in heavy. The, the, the truth after, beyond that, we don't know. Now, Lisa Garland, I think she's not a natural super welterweight. I mean, I think she's fighting no, closer. No, but very experienced. Yeah, very experienced, but, but I guess um, – um, it just it just turned out that that uh, that uh, Raquel Miller was just too big and too strong because it looks like uh, look, looking at her record, Lisa Garland has fought anywhere from from welterweight to from from lightweight to 
to super welterweight. So she's going up and down, and maybe her natural weight class is 140, 147, whereas Raquel Miller, she stays around 154 to 160. Yeah, so I'm she had the, Yeah, yeah, it was it was quite but she's landed a big right hand. I saw a video of it. It was like a handheld, you know, like mm-hmm. a somebody in the crowd uh posted it and it was a big right hand right on the on the jaw that stopped um that stopped Lisa Garland in the first round. The official time was two minutes and that brings us to the end of our uh, fight review. And now before we we get a call from Amanda Serrano here, uh, hopefully pretty soon, a little bit of fight chatter going on. One thing that we have noticed is that some fights are coming up and we're going to talk about them in the calendar. But uh, I believe that Maricela Cornejo has made it official somehow, somewhat in her social media, that she is the second woman signed by Golden Boy Promotions. Is that true, David? The second, well, uh, second woman this year. <laughs> this year, well, no, second. well, it would be the no because Marlene got signed last year, didn't she? No, it was uh, this year. Yeah, her first, no, you're right. It was this year because this yeah. year she fought in March on that ESPN card in Fantasy Springs, and then she fought in May. She fought in May with the under the Canelo Chavez card, and then again in September. Again, under the Canelo Golovkin card. So, yeah, it was this year that Marlene Esparza was signed to Golden Boy. But now, it hasn't been made official by Golden Boy yet. I mean, would you expect them to release a a a press release or some kind of statement? I, I, I think so. I think they are, I think they are going to be uh, releasing it, but they, they are kind of like um, uh, overwhelmed with a lot of things going on right now. They had like Two shows simultaneously. They have another one coming up. I, I think they'll be announcing it really soon. Now, uh, along with the little, along with the announcement, um, uh, Maricela Cornejo did announce that she will be stepping back into the ring, Cancun, on November 16th. Uh, no, no uh, opponent as of yet has been announced. And uh, one thing that we did skip over, uh, David, and I want to touch bases with you real quick, is that press conference between uh, Cecilia Breakhouse and Michaela Lauren, where Michaela Lauren, again, something out of the ordinary. We've seen her, you know, kiss her opponent. We've seen her pour water on her opponent. We've seen her bring out a cake for her opponent. And this time, she went for the kiss again against Breakhouse, and Breakhouse didn't seem too happy with it. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that footage? Yes, I did. I, yes, I did. I actually had... Uh... Uh, I have the saw the video and I I was sent photos of it. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then I I did notice that when they did the the because that was a press conference and then when they did the uh, the actual weigh in they kept them separate they kept them pretty separate so that that Michaela Lauren wouldn't try something similar again. <laughs> So, uh, Michaela Lauren, let's see what 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 uh, is next for her. You know, what's next for her? She's she's lost some fights. Um, let me bring her up again, just so we could kind of go over what what she what she's she's up there. She, no, as far as in age, I think she's thirty nine years old. Um, forty one. She's forty one. Let me see. Yeah, you're right. 41, 41 years old. Actually, she's a little older than I am. Uh, 
41 years old, 29 and 5, 13 knockouts, uh, f- f- five losses. In her last five fights, she's lost twice. Not too bad. She beat uh, Ivana Havazin um, via TKO in a third rounder. And then she lost to Clara Svensson, uh, unanimous decision. Then she beat Silvia Sabatos with the TKO in the sixth round. Then she beat Keita Watkins um, with a unanimous decision. And then she just lost her bid for uh, the IBF, the IBO, the WBA, WBC, WBO, welterweight titles against Cecilia Breckhaus. I mean, one thing that we can't expect from her is in, is that she is pretty popular in Sweden, so we would expect for her to come back and fight in her home, her home country, and then build up to something. But I mean, what do we see? Do we see her fighting uh, Hannah Gabriel? Do we see her fighting at 154? Do we see her fighting? How far can she go? What What is she going to do? Yeah, I, I see her fighting a Hannah uh, Gabriel. I I really do. I think that. That fight has been offered to them, if I'm not mistaken, and that uh, Anna just took somebody else. But uh, I I could see Anna going to uh, Sweden to fight over there, or having Michaela Lord go to Costa Rica. Yeah, I agree. I think that she's gonna take the rest of the year off, look for a fight in Sweden to come back and get on the winner's circle, and then go after one of those opponents. But now on the line with us should be another than multi-divisional world champion, Miss Amanda Serrano. Let's catch her in. Amanda, is that you? Yes, it's me. Hi, guys. Hi, Amanda. How you doing? I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Good. Thank Very you. Good. Thank you as well. Uh, I'm going to pass the baton to none other than Mr. David Avila. David. Amanda, how are you? I'm great. How are you, David? Very good. Very good. So you're selling a lot of tickets today. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> going crazy. <laughs> Sheesh! So that's that's the life of a female prize fighter is is preparing Definitely. for a fight and help helping to sell tickets. So, yep, so yep. Who, so is it who are you fighting next, and what can you tell us about her that you know? Well, um, I'm fighting Marilyn Hernandez, which is um, she's a Dominican who's a former. I think multiple world champions. Um, I don't know much of her. I don't. I'm not the type of fighter who, um, you know, researches my my opponents. Um, I have my my team do do that for me. Um, I just fight. I go in there. Jordan tells me what to do. My trainer he tells me um, the game plan, and we I perfected that night in the ring. So um, yeah, I don't know too much of her. I know she's tough. She's a Latina like me, and um, she's. Uh, Veteran over 36 fights, I believe, and that's pretty much it. But all I need to know is that she's a girl and she has hands and legs, and I'm good to go. <laughs> what about fighting at Barclays again? Is that is that your favorite place to fight, or or where does the rank among the places you fight at? Yeah, no, it, it's yeah, it's one of the greatest places to fight in. You know, I have my um my hometown people for um Brooklyn nights, and it's always fun to fight on a big card. But um, it's always great to fight in Puerto Rico as well. But um, it's it's um, Barclay Center is is awesome because you I'm I'm on the on the card of um, um Deontay Wilder, which is a great heavyweight, and it's just just fun being under those lights and it's ten minutes away from home, so that's a good part too. So so one of the things that uh, maybe a lot of our listeners don't know is that that you're going to be going into MMA, and and it's one of the it's probably one of the sadder announcements that that we're going to make in this show because, you know, you've become this 
this great fighter uh, among the top two, in my opinion, female fighters in the world. And but oh, but you. you're going to be going into MMA. Is this going to be a permanent thing or, or a part-time thing or what's no, going to well, happen? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm as of right, right now, I'm not 100% leaving boxing. I mean. I love boxing. I've been in boxing for 10 years. I've accomplished um, pretty much everything I've I've done in boxing. Um, and and but I'm I'm definitely going to MMA next um, next year, 2018. I will be making my debut. Um, I'm having talks with a great um, promotional company. I can't speak of that yet. I'm after this fight, then I'll be able to you know to announce who I'm, I'll be signing with. And um, yeah, come next year I will be moving to MMA. And if if I'm not doing anything MMA and there's a boxing fight to defend the title or do something, then I will I will take up that offer. But yeah, I've been training for about two years now for MMA silently. But um, yeah, we've been working really really hard. I have a great team. I just signed with Misha Tate as one of my co-managers, and um, you know she has opened many doors for me in the MMA um, community, and she's excited. She's been pushing me, and we're just, my whole team is excited. I have a great team, MMA team, who are, you know, perfecting my strengths and, and and working on my weaknesses in MMA. So I'm just, I'm ready. I'm excited for a new chapter in my career, my journey, and um, I hope that I can be su- just as successful as I have been in my boxing career. Yeah, you know, um, a lot of listeners uh, don't know, but I've been talking with uh, Amanda for like two months about this and trying to convince her to stay with boxing. <laughs> I, I, plead, I plead guilty. <laughs> but well, if, the, if uh, everybody, if David, if all the networks and, and promoters was as interested as you are in female boxing, then I'll be just, I'll be happy. Yeah, I won't have to go anywhere. But, you know, boxing doesn't love me back the way I love it. So that's that's the frustrating part. So it's it's time to move on. Yeah, so, so tell, um, tell some of the listeners, what are some of the reasons that so many women are leaving boxing to go to MMA? It's, you know, the recognition, the acknowledgement that women get for, you know, for fighting, you know, it's just so much better. We have so much better opportunities. I mean, we are working harder, but, you know, it's just it's so much, it's so much better for, for the females. You know, we get sponsors, we get endorsements, we get, you know, I'm making my, my debut, I will be making more money than what I've been making to to defend or even win a new title in boxing. So it's just like, I'm like, what, what am I still doing here? You know, I love this sport, but it's just not giving me back what I what I need. And um, it's just the opportunities in MMA, it's so much better. And they, they really look after their female athletes. And I think that's, um, that's great for us, you know, and... Yeah, that's pretty much why I'm, I'm moving, you know. it's Like I said before, I've been doing this for 10 years, 10 years too long. <laughs> I just turned 29 a couple of weeks ago. I think, I believe I'm still young, I'm still strong. So my last hurrah, I'm going to give it my all to MMA, just like I did in boxing, and um, hopefully become a, a MMA champion as well. Who are some of the fighters that you wish you could have fought before making this transition to MMA? 
Um, like in boxing, uh, I don't. I mean, I don't have. Uh, I don't have like a checklist, <laughs> like you know. I just I, I would have loved to for you know the great champions. Um, I would have loved to unify, um, the the my belt either at one twenty two or one at one twenty six when I had it. But um, you know, at that point in my career when I did have, I mean, well, I still have the one twenty two, but the money is not there, so we can't make these money fights. You know, these people don't. <laughs> the networks, the promoters, they not you know offering what. My what these girls want to hear, so it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, the 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 um, thing is, you had five divisions, and you were willing to fight anybody from one eighteen to even one forty, because you were you were even trying to chase that six division world title, which a lot yeah. of people may not know. And yeah, so actually, you had this, all these people to choose. Yeah, actually, this fight, um, November fourth, was supposed to be for the one forty, the sixth division, but um, something happened with the girl from Argentina. I don't know; she was asking for too much money, or I, I have no idea. So, you know, they they pulled out, and the Bella really wanted me to fight on this card. So he was like, you know, let's let's just go for a non-title fight. Let's just, you know, just to keep you out there. So I was like, okay. I mean. I had nothing else to do, so <laughs> I was training already. So I said, you know, okay, let's let's do it. So what what about the um, your your um, I know Debella, you know, he's been behind you for the last couple of years, and and uh, has he kept that door open for you so you could come back if you want to into boxing? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, me and the Bella, we, you know, he's an open book. He's a great guy. You know, he's definitely helped me out, um, with my last couple of division fights. And um, you know, he's a real advocate for female boxing. But is you know, he's only one person. He needs the networks to get yeah. behind him. And he's he has done a great job putting me on Showtime Extreme. So you know, I'm thankful and I'm blessed to have him by my side and my team. But yeah, he's he's definitely open for you know, for me coming back and, and going to MMA. So he's a great guy, and he's definitely um helping me, my sister, out. And, yeah, he's he's there for us. What would it take uh, for them to, to bring you back to boxing? Would it take uh, like a certain amount of money or a certain amount of a big fight? Would it take uh, a, a super fight mm-hmm. like uh, against you yeah, and no. Mariana Juarez or – I, I don't. I don't think. Um, like I said before, I don't think there's anything that's gonna, you know, bring me back. I've been doing it for ten years. And I'm just looking for something new, something, you know. I've been really, really enjoying my transition into MMA. Um, I've been learning great things. Uh, I have a great team now. I, I've always had a great team, but we have new people in my team now. You know, the MMA trainers, my, Misha Tate, my new tr- uh, manager, and you know, she's coming down after my fight so we can work on new stuff and. You know, so I, I'm just excited. I feel like when I first started boxing, like a little kid again in a candy store. You know, boxing, I've been, there's times when we didn't make anything in boxing and fights will fall off for no reason and it's just, you know, tiring. Sometimes I get mad at Jordan and he's like, there's nothing I can do. It's not my fault. So, it was, you know, it's kind of frustrating, the sport boxing. Um, it's still going to be my love, my number one love, but I, I think I found a new love. <laughs> well, well, going back in on memory lane, what are some of your favorite fights in, in, that you can recall oh. and, and why? 
My favorite fight has to be when I fought Ella Nunez, I think all four times. <laughs> she, you know, she was just a great competitor. She was a Boricua just like me. And we went to war all four times. But the, the best, best one has to be the last one. You know, that was the best Ella Nunez ever came. She was in shape. And she asked for that fight. She called, she actually called Jordan and she said, listen, I'm, I'm with my old trainer and I'm in the best shape of my life. She had just came from knocking out um, Jackie Trevellino. So she was, you know, she was on the uproar. So I was like, you know, let's do it. And um, we did it. And I was in Chicago. And, whoa, that was a, a war. I mean, uh, was it eight-rounder? It was an eight-round eight war, minute after minute. And it was it was great. And after the fight, you know, we hugged each other. We, you know, we appreciated each other. We told each other that we love each other. And after that, she's done for it again. So, <laughs> and after that, I became a multiple division world champion. So, you know, it made me a a, a better fighter, a better person. After that fight, I was like, Shh. after that fight with Ella Nunez, I can go with anybody. <laughs> yeah, she's a very talented fighter, Ella Nunez. Yeah. A lot of people don't know about her over here in the yeah. West Coast, but I've seen her, and she's very good. She was up as hell, and even even taking her the first time when we got the draw, you know, Jordan was a little crazy because I had very not a big amateur um background, and she was already uh, I believe a former champion. She so and she was she spoke great people the first time that I fought her, and um we had another uh, another trainer working with us, and he told Jordan he said, "What are you crazy? So early in her career, why are you gonna take this fight?" <laughs> and 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 Jordan was like, I believe in her. So, and then we got a draw, but it was, you know, it was a great fight. It was a, yeah, and then, then we went again, and Jordan was like, no, no, no. We After after the draw, I beat her, and Jordan felt that I could have stopped her. So he said, we're going to do one more, one more, one more. And I, actually, I was the only person to ever stop Ella Nunez. The third fight, I stopped her. And then she wanted the fourth one. I was like, oh, I should have just left it at the third. Because <laughs> the fourth one was a war. <laughs> but it was a uh, good fight. Is she still fighting? I haven't seen her name. Oh, I, that was the last fight. Um, My fight in oh, Chicago okay. was probably last fight. How did that fight happen in Chicago? Uh, my I, I, my promoter at the time, uh, Mario um, Boxing 360, he... um. He had a show over there in Chicago, so you know that was the main event. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, and if, if you see, if you watch the fight, you see it. But on Google, if you if you um Google my name versus Ella Nunez, there's a picture that oh my god, it was like we just came out of a war, like shell, and I was like literally like ten minutes after the fight, and my my eye was nice and purple and. And her face was unnoticeable, so it was just just pictures say a thousand words, but this one says a million. It was a great fight. <laughs> well, what did you learn from the last fight with her? That I can, like I said, I can go through anybody. If I can, if I lasted this far, I I can go through through anybody. You know, it was um. You know, I I learned that I do have stamina to go all eight rounds hardcore like that, and that I can take a punch. And well, I know I can give a punch, but definitely, because she, you know, she called me a couple of times. But 
But um, yeah, I could take a punch. And also, um, the ja- Yasmin Rivas fight was a great fight, you know, and all, all around because it was the first time in uh, over ten years that girls were on Showtime Extreme on on a big network like that, and um, she came to fight as well, you know. It was a great fight, and I was able to showcase that I'm able to box, that I'm not just, you know, a knockout puncher, that I go out there and brawl, I can box as well. So I was able to show both styles. Yeah, a lot of people didn't really know much about Yasmin Rivas on the East Coast, but we knew about her on the West Coast, and we knew she was a tough girl, very tough, and she has a lot yeah. of experience in fighting yeah. since she was, what, 13 years old. Yeah, yeah, and then actually that – um, leading up to that fight, she's been 10 rounds 23 times. I only had been 10 rounds once. And, you know, she had, you know, she, we knew she was going to take us the, the distance. I mean, we was hoping for the knockout, but I was like, oh, it wasn't coming. And plus I hit my hand that, that fight. So I said, you know what, I'm going to change it up to show everybody. You know, everyone always had that question. Oh, what happens after the fourth round with Amanda Serrano? Will she be able to handle it? Will she? So I was able to answer all those critics' questions. Yeah, I was able to go 10 rounds. And the 10th round, I was um, wailing punches. We both were wailing punches. I think I answered those questions. Yeah, you landed some really good blows early in the fight. And I, I was even surprised that uh, Rebus was able to take some, some of those shots. Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah, she's never been stopped. You know, she's she's a warrior. She's a, a great Mexican, and um, she definitely has a nice hard head that hurt my hand. <laughs> like, that's the only thing that hurt me that day. <laughs> let, let me trust you over to Felipe. I know he has a million questions. Felipe, go ahead. Thank you, David. Amanda, so... Yeah, it sounds, it sounds, I mean, you say that you want to come back to boxing, but you're, you're at the pinnacle of your, of your career, your boxing career right now. David mentions, you know, we consider you one of the top two best fighters in the world, and the big fights have not come yet. So by the sound of it, you just don't want to say goodbye, but it sounds like in your mind, like what I'm listening to you, you're, you're, you're going to give it your all, which is perfect to the MMA, and it's going to be very, very tough to get you back. So with that said, do you wish that this fight, which may or may not be, but at least for a little while is going to be your last fight in a boxing ring, that it was a bigger fight, a more meaningful fight, maybe defending your title or getting the title? You mentioned that this should have been for the sixth title, and it's not. So is that a little bit of a, of a, of a downer that it's not a bigger fight against a bigger name? Of course it is, you know, I mean, I would definitely like to leave the sport in a nice hurrah, <laughs> but like I said before, this was supposed to be for my sixth division, but, um, you know, um, it's going to be a bittersweet day, you know, I'm, I'm going to go out there, hopefully I'm going to stop this girl and, um, and just leave it open for, I'm going to leave boxing and start MMA hopefully the same way, <laughs> so that's, that, that's in my, my mindset, you know, I'm going to, um, Go out, give it my all, like I've always done in every in all my fights. Um, give the fans what they're looking for, and just um fight with everything, and then just continue to work on MMA. And like I said, I'm always open for if a good fight comes along, then yeah, I'm in it. But um, I'm gonna give 100% to to MMA, like I've been doing with with boxing. Now. You mentioned you have a good team. You're, you're building your MMA team. You got Misha Tate, who is a, a known name in the MMA world. Um, obviously, Jordan is going to go along with you and then your other MMA coaches and, and all that. And you're talking to a promoter. 
And you mentioned that one of the frustrating things about boxing is, you know, fights falling out and, and not being able to stay busy enough. How busy are they going to keep you in MMA? Are we seeing, you know, Holly Holm not fight that often? We've seen Heather Hardy, who's also done the transition from boxing to MMA, not fight that often. Have they promised you to keep you busier in MMA than, than you have been lately in boxing? Yeah, they um they they ask for you know three fights for the year, but then again I'm getting more money, so it's not like I in boxing where I have to I have to keep fighting to make money to make ends meet to you know to be able to to buy food for pay rent pay bills. So you know with the MMA they're gonna they are paying more money, but it's only be three times a year, which is okay for me because I'm still gonna be learning and I like I said I want to be perfect. I want to be one of the best. Um, I want to be able to to be a, a MMA world champion as well. So, you know, I don't mind having less fights while I'm learning. Now, what weight are you going to be uh, campaigning at in MMA? Well, we're going to start at 125 and maybe uh, 115. We, we you know, toss up between those two, but definitely the first fight should be 125. And what has been the hardest part so far in MMA to learn? I mean, is it the ground game? Is it the, the kicking? I mean, the striking, obviously, nobody can touch you. <laughs> nobody would be able to touch you in the striking, but then, the, you know, there's also kicks involved and, and all that. So what is it, what's costing you? And obviously, you're learning, and you're going to try even harder at, to perfect it, but what is, has been the one aspect of it that is causing you a little bit of trouble? Yeah, like switching my style because the boxing and the striking for MMA is totally different. When when I started the striking with uh, with the MMA, I was like, wait, but I can't do this in boxing. But wait, I'm used to this. I'm used to that. So that like changing my whole my whole style of uh, my stands and, and and my punches. Like we use very very few punches. We don't use we don't have like the whole arsenal of punches that we, we use in, in boxing. So it's just it's just different. And, um, yeah, when I started with the – when they started changing my style up a little bit, I was like, holy crap, I'm not used to this. So that's why it's hard for me to stay – yeah, so that's why it's hard for me to stay in, um, in, in boxing because in boxing I have to, you know, keep my – my right foot out further than, you know, like keep my boxing stance, stay hidden a little bit, like Mayweather. In MMA, I have to be a little squared off when I'm throwing a punch. So just in case someone shoots in, I know how to sprawl. I can get away from it. So just that just that alone is a little, you know, frustrating for me because I'm so used to being um, sideways where you it's harder for, for you to hit me. But in, box, in MMA, it, I have to be a little more elusive and, Plus, I, I don't, I can't be too aggressive in MMA because you know there are kicks coming, and if I get in close, they're able to grab me and bring me down to the floor. So you know I can't be my aggressive self, but um, I'm that's, I can do my body shots, my favorite body shots, <laughs> because once I get in for a body, they're gonna grab my neck and they're gonna clinch me and they're gonna take me out. So there's so many different aspects in boxing and MMA. People, you know, just jump in. They say, "Oh, I'm a great striker, so I'm just gonna go into MMA." No, it, it, I'm I'm learning so much different things that MMA requires. You can't just be a great striker and go into MMA. 
So, and that's what definitely what Misha, Misha Tate taught me and her trainer's been teaching me and telling me, you know, yeah, you can be a great striker, but you have to be an all-around fighter. This is MMA. There's just going to be kicks. There's going to be, you know, um, clinches. They're going to be pulling you down. They're going to be doing this. It's totally different. So that's just um, not frustrating, but that's what's been, um, I've been practicing a lot on and, and, yeah, but we've been doing so, so well. I have um, great trainer, trainers teaching me, and, yeah, we've been working on, like, takedown defenses and just working on my strengths and, and building up my weaknesses. Now, we all know that you're a warrior, and actually when you guys mentioned, mentioned that picture uh, of you and uh, Ella Nunez, I actually Googled it, and I did see your <laughs> eyes all purple, and her face is all is all messed up. But – like you mentioned, you know, you have to be a different type of fighter in MMA. There's kicks. There's all kinds of stuff. Now, this last weekend, I believe it was, Heather Hardy had her second fight, or I think maybe even third fight. I'm not 100% sure. That's in second MMA. Fight. Second fight in MMA. She lost, and she she lost bad. You know, she got kicked to the yeah. face, broke her nose, stitches. When you saw that, did you, we know you're a warrior, but in the back of your mind, did you have second thoughts and say, wow, if I get a kick like that in the face, what's going to happen? You know, because that's not something you expect in boxing. You never expect a kick. Yeah. Um, no, not not really. You know, it, it kind of, I mean, it kind of motivated me more because it shows that, I mean, now all eyes are going to definitely be on me now when I transition. So, you know, I have to work harder. But, um, yeah, I had to land some punches on the girl, but it just, you know, it just didn't do anything. The girl went pretty much right through them. I believe I have a little more, you know, power than these than these girls. And um, I believe that if I was, you know, I'm hitting these girls with eight-ounce gloves and I have 25 knockouts, one of the highest um, knockout percentage in boxing. So imagine taking off four ounces <laughs> and hitting a girl with four ounces. I mean, I'm hoping it's a lot more damaging to the girl and they will be more afraid of um coming in and definitely i i've been um i've, I've been sparring with great great mma fighters um undefeated muay thai fighters um kickboxers so this is mma i think i'm ready for for everything that they're gonna throw at me um <laughs> literally like kicks and punches and, and i've been doing a lot of sparring so yeah i think i'm pretty much i'm ready for well, I've been, I, yeah, I've been knocking out girls sparring in MMA. So I think, um, I think I'm all around. I, I'm not like these other girls. I, I've accomplished a lot of stuff in, in boxing. So I'm not to be compared to these girls, I believe. David. Yeah, that's an interesting point too about uh, the that the man was talking about the stances. I remember uh, when I was covering MMA. And I asked uh, Chuck Liddell, and this is when he was fighting at UFC. And uh, I said, how can we stand like that? And he, and he told me that, you know, basically the boxers have a more closed stance. And, and then the MMA, you have this goofy, wide apart mm-hmm. stance. And, and he explained why. And I said, oh, that's why. Prevent mm-hmm. takedowns and things like that. And I said, I, you know, it made sense. And after that, I, I realized that stance is everything, you know. It's a, it's everything in boxing. It's everything in MMA. So yeah, because a my my lean leg, my lean leg will be um, so easy to catch for a wrestler to shoot in and and grab that leg. So you know you have to be be aware of that too. And then with the kicks, you get the free kicks with that leg, and 
that's that's the target my front leg so we have to learn how to back up with it switch and be square so yeah we've learned all, we're learning all that yeah it's pretty interesting i mean it is going to be a, another adventure for you and being a fighter that you are you're probably going to enjoy it but but uh i i know it's going to be a whole different adventure i mean even for your trainers even for for i'm sure that 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 even uh the trainer is finding the, these striking uh, uh, positions a little different too. Yeah, you know, no, my trainer, he, he loves me. He's like, because I've been, you know, he's been teaching me stuff and I've been um, doing it and inspiring and he's just impressed. He's like, wow, you're a fast learner. And um, I'm just, I've learned that from, from Jordan. He's, you know, he taught me to give me, give him my all in training and, just you can't take me out of the gym and you know especially now doing a new sport I, I'm definitely um trying to continue to learn and I just want to be the best I can well at least you're, all at right least I'm getting a little excited about MMA yeah <laughs> I get, yeah all right David well let's, let's let Amanda go it's almost 11 o'clock out there in Brooklyn I'm sure she has uh some running to do tomorrow morning some more training so Thanks. Amanda we thank you again for joining us here on the two-minute round um, you know, you've probably been our the guest that we've had the most frequently here on our show. We love having you here. Um, and even when you make your transition to MMA, we would love to have you here and have us talk to us about that experience and, and go from there, even though we're not an MMA show, but you'll always be a friend of the Two Minute Round. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for taking time out to speak to me. And yeah, hopefully um, you're still excited for me in my MMA career as you as you are in my boxing. You know, because I'm gonna make it exciting too, and I'm not gonna let you guys down. And I'm still gonna be your favorite number one fighter. <laughs> thank you, man. We'll be following you. Good night, okay, Amanda. Good, good night to Jordan. Bye. Too. Good night to Jordan. Bye, Amanda. Okay. Bye. All right, folks, and there you have it, Miss Amanda Serrano, five-time boxing, five-divisional boxing world champion, and now making her transition to MMA. She left the door open to boxing, but David, by the sound of it, I mean, if she's not getting the big fights now and she makes the transition to MMA, I mean, why would, like, a Jelena Moranovich call her after she has been fighting MMA for a year? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I'm sure she's going to be making a lot more money. It's going to be hard to take less money to fight just as hard. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, you're right. And that's the other thing, too, is like, you know, they would have to offer even more money than they're offering her now because they were going to have to compete with those MMA purses. So it's going to be pretty hard. But we wish her all the luck, and hopefully she does great in MMA and she proves that, you know, that boxers can fight in MMA better than, you know, MMA guys can fight in boxing with what we saw with Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, and it's been she's proven a to a certain athlete, extent. Yeah, she's a great athlete. It's been proven to a certain extent. I mean, look what Holly Holm did. I mean, she beat the queen of MMA who was uh, Ronda Rousey. She lost uh, two times in a row after uh, beating Ronda Rousey. I'm not a big follower of MMA, but like Amanda said right now, you know, when it's Female boxers or even, well, not male boxers, because male boxers have, I mean, we've seen James Tony try and he got, you know, he was, it was a joke. And I think uh, somebody else tried, another male fighter, I forgot who tried, um, and it was a joke. But the female fighters have somewhat excelled 
I mean, Heather Hardy got knocked out. It was pretty brutal. Anna Hulaton, who fought as well, I think, last weekend, she got beat. And, and Heather and Heather Holmes is, has been the bigger name that has made the transition and has succeeded. And now we're going to see if Amanda Serrano can do it. She didn't mention the promotional company. I don't know if it's going to be UFC with Misha Tate as the co-manager. You would think that that would have a little bit of pull. Hopefully it is a UFC because that is the biggest platform of that sport. Uh, it might be Invicta or somebody like that. Bellator. Or some, oh, Invicta is that an all-female one too, yeah. Um, so uh, moving on to um, our fight preview of what's coming up next. We do have a bunch of fights. And actually tonight on Thursday, October 26th, from the Caribe Convention Center in Haiti, it should have already happened, although I haven't seen anything as far as results. But the current WBC Silver Super Featherweight Champion, Melissa St. Ville, also a good, good friend of the show, went over to her home country of Haiti to face Edith Ramos in an eight-rounder at the Super Featherweight division. I think it was going to be some kind of a benefit for uh, Mexico, for the earthquakes and Puerto Rico. So I think it should already happen. It's in the East Coast, Haiti. So uh, ho- hopefully tomorrow we'll be able to catch that um, that result. And on Saturday, October 28th, in France, Anne-Sophie da Costa will f- be facing Justine Laleman in a 10-rounder at light flyweight. And in China, Zhang Yu Kai will be f- f- uh, facing Filipino Gretchen Abaniel in a 10-rounder while she defends her IBF 105-pound title. This is on Saturday. And from the Principality Stadium in Cardiff, Wales, in UK, Matchroom Boxing gives us Anaí Esther Sanchez of Argentina defending her WBA 135-pound title against none other than Katie Taylor. So would it be a little bit more than a year, David? Has it been a year that Katie Taylor made her pro debut and now she is uh, yeah, fighting for her pro world title? Let me, I think yeah, it is. I think it has been a year. Yeah, I think it's been a year. Because she came on right know? after uh, – yeah, yeah, she came right, out, right after Clarissa started, which was uh, in November – it's going to be a year. It's going to be. A year. It's going to be interesting, David, because she's six and zero with four knockouts. She didn't make her pro debut uh, in November 26 of 2016, so it hasn't been quite uh, 11 months. Um, her first fight was scheduled at six rounds. She stopped the uh, Karina Kaprinska in three. Then she went the full six rounds against Vivian Obinoff. Then she was scheduled for another six rounder, but stopped Monica Gentili in five. Then she went the full, uh, the full eight rounds against Milena Koleva. And then she stopped in her first 10-rounder, she stopped Nina Menke in the seventh. And then in an eight-rounder, she stopped Jasmine Clarkson in three. So the farthest, the longest she's ever gone is eight rounds, and now she's going to be fighting Anaí Esther Sanchez um, in a scheduled 10-rounder. Yeah, Anaí Esther Sanchez, 17 and two. Nine knockouts. She's only been stopped once, and it was by Maiva Hamadouche in in um, France. In uh, in, in France, um, she also lost to Eva Wallstrom. But she, if one thing that she does have as far as experience over Katie Taylor is that she has gone ten rounds multiple times. She did it against Diana Santana. She did it against Tamara Marianela Nunez. Um, she did it against Eva Wallstrom in that loss. 
Uh, and that's, she's done it about three or four times. So she's coming off a win over Cecilia Sofia Mena, where she captured the vacant WBO, WBA title. So this is going to be her first defense of the title. Katie Taylor, I'm, I'm going to go that we're going to have a new world champion come Saturday night. Well, yeah. Uh, well, basically, to, to me, Katie Taylor is very, very good. But she doesn't really have power. She overwhelms people. And I can see her overwhelming uh, the Argentine girl and the referee stopping it. Because all of her fights have been stoppages. They haven't mm-hmm. necessarily been real knockouts. So I, I can see a trigger, uh, trigger-happy referee stopping the fight very early. Oh, especially it's going to be out in, in the U.K., so... Yeah, it's going to be in Wales, so I, I can see them stopping in like a third or even the second round if uh, wow. she starts unleashing 12 punches, yeah. you know. And she does it, you know. She she, she, she has the, all these angles, and she has this amazing repertoire of punches. She goes to the body. She goes to the head. I mean, it all would take a couple of combinations, three, four punch combinations where uh, uh, Sanchez doesn't do much in return, and that could prompt yeah. the referee to stop the fight. Hopefully they let it go a little bit, you know, hopefully it's not an early stoppage just yeah. so that we can have a, a, a nice non-controversial win for Katie Taylor, but that's going to be on Saturday night. I'm sure if you have some way of watching it from the UK, that's on the undercard of that Anthony Joshua, Carlos Takam fight on Saturday night. Um, I don't think it's yeah, going to we- be, is it going to be on Showtime on Extreme or something? Uh, just, no, just a couple of fights, but I, I talked to somebody from Showtime he said they might just show the highlights okay. of Katie Taylor. Yeah, but if you've got a way of watching the the, the Box Nation uh, feed, then you'll be able to watch the whole thing. Because this fight this fight card was supposed to be uh, pay-per-view in the U.K., and they actually switched right. it to regular Sky Sports or something because of the change yeah. of the opponent for uh, Anthony Joshua. So uh, I have a way of watching it, so I'm going to look for it and see if I can watch uh, the fight. Uh, on the same night, yep. Fox Root, Fox, from the Foxwood Resort in Mashantucket, Connecticut, the Bell Entertainment gives us the return of Shelly Vincent, who actually made her way to the weigh-in for Heather Hardy's MMA fight. I don't know if you saw this, David, and was calling her out. Shelly Vincent wants that rematch against Heather Hardy. She's asking for it. I mean, for her to actually go out to wherever that fight was and, and call out Heather Hardy at the weigh-in for an MMA fight, that's commitment right there from Shelly Vincent and she is going to be facing Calixta Selgado who is a veteran who is a well-known who's fought Amanda Serrano she's fought um, Cindy Serrano in an eight-rounder at 130 pounds this uh, Saturday night yeah I'm glad she's back because she hasn't really fought a lot since that fight and I think she fought one time I think she fought one time after uh, Heather Hardy and then since then we have not seen her yeah, good. Uh, That's good that she's back in the ring. Let's see real quick. Uh, no, actually, she's fought twice since Heather Hardy. She fought Marquita Lee, scored a unanimous decision. Then she fought Angel Gladney and scored a unanimous decision there. And this is oh, going to be her right. third fight. This is going to be her third fight. 38-year-old Shelly Vincent, 20 wins, one loss, only one knockout. Who was the knockout? It was against Elisa McPhee back in 2013. She stopped her in the fourth round of a schedule six. So, uh she, she doesn't hit hard, but she throws a lot of punches, uh, Shelly Vincent. Now, Thursday, November 2nd, from Medellin, Colomba, Mayerlin Rivas will be facing Diana Cordero for the WBA Bantamweight 10, in a 10-rounder. 
and from the Casino del Sol in Tucson, Arizona, Golden Boy Promotions on ESPN. I'm not sure if it's going to be televised, but she is on the fight card, and I would expect that she would be, at least as a swing bout, Miss Marlene Esparza, former uh, 2012 bronze medalist in the Olympics. And she has scheduled as her opponent, Carla Valenzuela, in a scheduled 600, 112 pounds. But like I was mentioning to you, David, uh, before the show started, it looks like that opponent might not be a solid opponent because it looks like they are looking for an opponent for Marlene Esparza um, for uh, November 2nd. Now, Valenzuela is coming off a six-round loss to Jocelyn Arroyo back in, uh, on October 14th. She went the distance the six rounds. Adam Nash, Arizona... As far as the commission is concerned, I think that if you haven't been knocked out in your last three fights or in the last 12 months, they allow you to fight. And she is very, I mean, her record is, is, is not great. It's, it's a losing record, but she has a lot more experience than, as far as a professional than um, Marlene Esparza. Marlene Esparza is 3-0, whereas Carla Valenzuela is 3 wins, 16 losses, 3 draws. With one knockout, she's been stopped four times, but she hasn't been stopped since 2015 when Tijuana's own Sandra Robles stopped her in the last round of a Schedule 8. Uh, she's faced a pretty good opposition. She faced Diana Laura Fernandez, who is a former title challenger. Uh, she faced Araceli Palacios, who last fought. Who did I, I think she. Who did Araceli Palacios. She fought Marlene Esparza. Yeah, she. Oh, she fought her. Um, who else? She fought San Robles, like I mentioned. Isabel Millan, Ana Huletan. So she's faced a pretty good uh, Jocelyn Arroyo, who was a former inner WBA champion. So even though her record doesn't show much, it's a little bit of a step up for Marlene Esparza. Don't you think, David, as far as experience is concerned? Uh, yeah, well, it, it, as far as her opposition, but she should be ready because uh, Marlene's been fighting the international circuit for many, many years. So she should be ready for that type of competition. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And let's see if this opponent stays, it, it continues to be the opponent, because like I mentioned, I've heard some inklings there that they're looking for another opponent. Now, Friday, November the 3rd from Argentina, Deborah Anaí Dionisios will be defending her super flyweight IBF title against a to-be-announced opponent, no opponent there yet. And also on that same Friday, November 3rd, but in Westminster, Colorado, Brittany Cruz will be facing Patricia Pato Juarez in a six-rounder at Super yep. Bantamweight. Patricia Juarez is the sister of Mariana and Lourdes Juarez from Mexico City. So Patricia Juarez making her name out there in Colorado where she makes her home. On Saturday, November 4th, from Munich, Germany, Christina Hammer will be defending her WBA and WBC uh, middleweight titles against Jiffy Amanua Ankara in a 10-rounder. Now, with Christina Hammer winning this fight, which she should because this opponent has seven wins, four losses, so I don't even know how she gets a shot at a title. Um, you know, do we expect a Christina Hammer versus Clarissa Shields fight in early 2018? Mm, I think so. I think you can put a lock on that. Mm. And, and now, Chris, Carissa Seals, I think she is going to be fighting later on this year, or do you think she's done for the year? Uh, I heard that she's I fighting one more time. In December, right? That's what I was. I heard something yeah. that maybe in yeah. December. It wasn't going to be – I don't think it was going to be a title fight, but she is going to get back in the ring, I think in her hometown of Detroit. 
Yeah, she is supposed to be having one more fight, and then they're going to uh, probably match up uh, Hammer with uh, Shields, which is a great fight. That yeah. is going to be a great fight. That's going to be a good fight. Now, on Saturday, November the 4th, from the Gimnasio Municipal de Ciudad Juárez, Promociones del Pueblo, Kisses and Televisa, here in Mexico, Lourdes, La Pequeña Lulu Juárez, the aforementioned sister of Mariana Juárez, will be facing former title challenger Diana Laura Fernandez in a 10-rounder. Wow. Lourdes will be defending her WBC Feckham Box 112-pound uh, title. That's a pretty good fight. That's a little bit of a step-up fight, even though Diana Laura is coming off a loss out in Argentina where she challenged for the title. Yeah. Um, they are going to yeah. be fighting in her hometown. Fernandez is from Ciudad Juarez. So Lourdes, even though being the A side, they are going to be going, she's going to be going to the lines then and facing the hometown fighter in her hometown. So that's going to be pretty interesting. Lourdes Juarez, I she, think, go ahead. And Fernandez is not a bad fighter. She's a strong no. She's like 15, very, very 16, strong. and 1. Yeah, so that's going to be, the on paper, yeah. the best opponent that Juarez has beaten if she beats her. And, uh, and let's see what happens. I mean, Juarez is promoted by the home, by the promoter, Promociones del Pueblo. That's her promoter. But their their whole headquarters is Ciudad Juarez, where Fernanda is going to be the hometown fighter. So Juarez is not going to be the favorite fighter of the crowd. So let's see how what you know, she deals it? with The Battle of Beauties? Yeah, Battle of the Beauties, because both of them are very good-looking women. And now, um, same night from the Barclay Center in Brooklyn, New York, the Bella Entertainment, we're going to have our our guest for tonight's show, Miss Amanda Real Deal Serrano, facing Marilyn Hernandez in an eight-rounder, 122-pound uh, division. Uh, like Amanda said, this might be her last fight in boxing for a while, if not ever. So uh, hopefully... Yeah, very sad news, but let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Let's give her, let's give boxing and her the benefit of the doubt, and hopefully she comes back sometime in the future. And lastly, the same night, November 4th, from the Silver Eagle Gun Arena in Ashburn, Virginia, Tyresha Douglas will be facing Crystal Hoy in a 10-rounder at Flyweight, and Tori Nelson will be going against a TBA in a 10-rounder at 168 pounds. Now, David, I've heard the name Tori mm-hmm. Nelson before. I haven't really like looked at her. I don't think I've ever watched one of her fights just because I haven't had a chance. Good fighter. But Good fighter. She's undefeated. Oh. She, she's undefeated. Yeah, yeah she's, at she's older. She's older. She's 16 she's and 0 with three. 30s. She's 41, actually. Yeah, there you go. 41. 16 and 0 with she's... three draws, one knockout. So is it her age, the reason why we don't hear Clarissa Shields mention her? Partly, probably, you know, there, what's the, there's only negatives. It should be so to say she beat an older person. Uh, uh, if she loses, then she wasn't that good. It's kind of like there's no win in beating her. So well, uh, I think what they're wait, like, waiting for is Nelson to beat somebody good, somebody else. But, she, but she's beating some names. She beat uh, Callie Reese. She beat Mia St. John. She beat Victoria Cisneros. She beat Keita Watkins. I mean, not uh, opponents, but tough opponents. And in her last fight, she beat Alicia Napoleon. Yes, she did. That, that was kind of a surprise to a lot of people that that were that thought Napoleon would beat her. A lot of you know, so I don't know. I mean, I mean, if anything, I mean, age is just but a number. You know, we've seen, we've seen. I mean, we've seen great fighters, female fighters, fight well be into their forties. I mean, we've seen. 
uh, Alicia Ashley do it. We've seen Jolene Blackshear do it. I mean, Michaela Lauren just at 41 years old just challenged uh, the best fighter, the best female fighter in the world. Many consider not you, I know that, but a lot of people consider Cecilia Breakhouse the best fighter in the world at 41 years old. So, you know, I mean, 16 and 0, three draws, one knockout, 168 pounds. You know, I'm sure she's ranked in the first, in the top five of the WBC. Why not? Why not fight Tori Nelson in December? You know, now maybe not because Tori Nelson is fighting on November 4th. But if that, if they don't find an opponent for her and that fight falls through, why not fight Clarissa Shields? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's up to uh, Clarissa Shields' team whether or not they yeah. take it. Or, or actually, that's a good question for her, her promoter, Dimitri Salida. Yeah, so or, or maybe they have conversations. Yeah, or maybe even have, or or maybe we get we're giving we give Clarissa Shields the benefit of the doubt, and maybe they have made um, offers to Tori Nelson, and for whatever reason, Tori Nelson has not accepted them. We don't know, but when true, I saw true. when I was looking it up and seeing it, I'm like, wow, this girl is undefeated, and and and, and you know, at super middleweight, you know, why not? Why not fight um, uh, Clarissa Shields? Yeah, that's the fight that's there for her taking. Okay, folks. So we reached the end of the last uh, number 35 episode of the Two Minute Round, your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. We're going to be uh, going over all these fights that we mentioned in our in our preview, all the fights that are going to be happening all throughout the world, in China, in Argentina, here in the United States, in Mexico. And then also if we have any more uh, fight chatter of things that are coming up, as well as uh, – uh, the exclusive interview. We will have it for you on our next show scheduled for November 9th. So, David, with that said, uh, good night to you and good night to our audience. Yes, good night, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.